What do you do if one of your toddlers is knocking their sibling over? They're running into them, knocking them over, and potentially hurting them. Should you work on conflict resolution first or on cooperation, turn-taking, and sharing? Hi, parents. I just wanted to tell you really quick about my new guide. It's called The Three Steps to Less Meltdowns and the Toddler Holiday Survival Guide. This is brand new. So it includes the three steps to less meltdowns, including the proactive skills, parenting toolkit, and praise moments. And then I included my toddler holiday survival guide that includes common holiday toddler struggles. We just been through Thanksgiving and now we have some other celebratory holidays coming up, uh, depending on what you celebrate. And so I want to help you rock the holidays with your toddlers. So I included my festive flow framework, silent nights, sleepy delights, deck the halls with calm, sleigh ride smoothness for those travel and trips, safe festive spaces, Frosty's friendly faces for that stranger danger and celebratory comfort cues. What pocket phrases, what to do if a family member maybe says something or asks something of your toddler that does not align with your parenting style or preferences. And then at the very end, I included some awesome surprise bonuses. So the link is in the show notes to get this guide. Hi, parents. Welcome back to Toddler Toolkit Podcast. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving weekend holiday travels. And now I know we're gearing into the December holidays and festivities. So for this episode, I wanted to keep it short and sweet because as winter comes also, so does some viruses and colds and I have quite the sore throat. So I'm going to keep this one short, but talk about something super important. I tend to be on the online spaces And sometimes I see things and I just, I can't keep quiet about them. I have to say something. And here is where I'm going to say it. So I ran into something where there was advice being given when a sibling was knocking into another sibling. And this is something actually that I see in my twins as well. My one twin is my bulldozer and he just, or plow or whatever you want to call him. And he knocks into my other twin, which is my smaller twin. Okay. And so I've seen this happen. This does happen with siblings, especially if you have two toddlers close in age, or, you know, you have twins or multiples. And so I saw this advice about if you have a sibling knocking an other sibling over, you should prioritize conflict resolution. Have them try to resolve it on their own. Don't step in. Let them work it out, even if they're only two years old or three years old, right? Let them figure it out on their own. Don't intervene. It's good for them. It toughens them up. And turn-taking and sharing is something that they're going to learn later, like let's say in kindergarten or maybe you know, maybe when they get to preschool. Okay. This is such harmful advice that, that was given. And not only that, but it's backwards in a lot of ways. And I want to explain this to you. So toddlers are, they do not just have these conflict resolution skills, right? If that is the first thing we're working on, before we work on turn-taking and sharing, 
we're really not giving them the building block skills. It's backwards in a lot of ways. Because when our toddlers are between the age of one and three, they do have a limited understanding of others' perspectives. And conflict resolution is going to require some type of adult intervention. So the idea that our toddlers are just going to work it out on their own is not realistic. Our toddlers learn mostly through modeling. And if you know me well, you also know I say call out the positive behavior, catch that positive moment. So our toddlers also learn really well when we give them praise for doing something that is cool behavior. If we call them out on doing something that's awesome, like sharing or turn-taking when they did it naturally, they also learn from that. So yes, they learn from watching us, us modeling to them, but they also learn from our feedback, especially when they get attention because our toddlers want our attention. And if we give them attention for positive things, we're going to see more positive things, right? If our toddlers were able to work it out, able to say sorry, these are more advanced skills. And even if they did something even close to it, they might not have the full understanding. That's why it is important that we work with them on these skills. On average, now, every child is different. Some children just have special gifts or they're advanced in some ways, okay? So this isn't, this is just average. When children are around the ages of three to five, they can begin to develop a better understanding of social rules and norms, okay? Because they have been observing it all that time. They've seen the modeling. They've had the experiences, the opportunities, right? It didn't, they didn't just learn it through fighting with a sibling with no adult intervention or modeling. And I really believe that they have a better understanding of sharing and turn-taking, as they get to that three to five age range, but they can do it before. They can do it before. And some toddlers, it can be a strength of theirs. Like my one twin, I think I mentioned in a previous episode, I said, he is really good at reading his brother's emotions and understanding his social cues and when to share. And it's interesting because he had that strength and he started doing it. His brother started seeing he was doing it and his brother who struggled with it is now doing the same back to him. And it's a beautiful thing because that is something I've just seen in the last two weeks. And, and they're two and a half, okay? They're not three to five years old yet. And they were born at 36 weeks. So <laughs> they were born early on the preemie chart, they were below the line. They're not anymore, but they were, okay? It is possible. Leverage your toddler's strengths to their advantage. Use their strengths to help guide, support them, and give them the tools they need. Their siblings will follow. When our toddlers get to the elementary age, kindergarten and up, they do start to really get that empathetic understanding. They can start to resolve conflicts more independently, learning to negotiate, to compromise. They still might need help though, right? And that goes throughout childhood. That can go into adulthood as well. 
I mean, if we think about it as parents, we have seen experience all different situations, whether it was like school, work environment, peers, friends, neighborhood, all of those different experiences that we were immersed in has built our understanding of conflict resolution. And some of us as adults are better at it than others for multiple reasons. So to expect toddlers to be able to have conflict resolution at the age of two or whatever age they are and work it out on their own, even if one is getting hurt because it's good for them, it's got to be the worst advice I have read in a long time. Okay, (laughs) so I want to talk a little bit about what can we do to help guide our toddlers through this. And I am going to talk about that when we are back from the break. Hey, mamas, let's take a quick break. I wanted to share with you Meltdown Mastery, the listening and skilled toddler mini course. Get helpful tools sent straight to your inbox and get your child to listen in two seconds. Imagine a calm home with less meltdowns. Go to the show notes for the link or head to twinmomroadmap.com backslash guides for super helpful tools and resources. Also, become a part of our cozy Facebook community for support, conversation, and double the laughter. Link in show notes to join. All right, we are back and we are picking up where we left. So I just was talking about how the different stages of our child's development and when they really understand the concept of conflict resolution, which is a pretty complex concept for toddlers. Not to say we can't work on it with them. I'm I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is we do need some foundational skills to help aid in that. And I think sometimes if advice is given to wait on turn-taking and sharing till later while prioritizing conflict resolution, there is a huge misunderstanding in the building blocks of the skills. And that is why I want to go over with you what can we do in a situation where we have a sibling knocking over or running into another sibling. So we need to be modeling. And I think I said this earlier, but the more we model how to handle conflicts calmly, respectively, we are modeling that conflict resolution. And I think we really need to be careful to keep language simple and clear for toddlers to understand as well. So even if something as stressful is happening, I know it's really hard, but to stay as calm as we can. And it's hard for all of us, like especially if we're seeing one of our twins or siblings getting knocked over, we can get pretty, it's upsetting to see it happen. We don't want our siblings to have that kind of a relationship. So staying calm is important, but staying calm doesn't mean we don't care. It doesn't mean we're not going to intervene. It just means, yeah, we're not bringing more energy and complexities to a situation that is already stressful because the sibling that got knocked over is going to need our support. They're going to need us to help regulate after they got knocked over because they might be upset or they could have got hurt. And so they need us to be there for them. So it's really important to work with our toddlers 
on modeling appropriate interactions, appropriate play. And this can be structured or unstructured play, but we are modeling it. Also, identifying emotions. So that is one of the five key skills I recommend is identifying emotions that toddlers need to know. And the sooner we talk about them, the better. This is helpful to both parties in the situation because the toddler who got knocked over or hurt is going to feel sad. And maybe the toddler who was the one that ran in to their sibling and did the knocking over, they were the one that caused it, right? What is, what is going on with them? Were they frustrated? Were they angry? What was going on? If they can understand their emotions, then we have a better chance to talk to them about it. If we're never talking about emotions and then we are asking our toddler why they did something, that's going to be really hard conclusion for them to draw. If they were frustrated or they were mad about something, right? Mad, angry, right? And they knock their sibling over for whatever reason and they don't understand that emotion whatsoever. Yes, we can, we need to label it for them, let them know, hey, you were mad, but we can't expect them to draw those connections unless we actually talk about it. And we don't want to just be talking about it during some kind of a crisis or incident. We want to be talking about it during fun play in social stories, books, dolls, stuffed animals, little people, whatever it is. We can kind of role play some of these things and talk about these emotions. We need to make that connection. That's really going to help. We also want to encourage a replacement behavior for some of the things we're seeing that are just not appropriate. Some of my previous episodes were about time out versus time in. And so what happens is if we're not giving our toddler the skills they need, but they keep having the same behavior and they keep ending up in time out or even time in, right? We're sitting with them and we're not giving them the proactive strategies that we're not really helping our toddler is we need to give them a replacement behavior for their action, whether they were hitting, kicking, biting, screaming. What is the replacement behavior that's more appropriate? And we need to teach that when they're calm, when they're having fun. Our toddlers learn the best when they're having fun through play because that play is learning for toddlers. So if we can teach them a simple phrase to use instead of screaming or hitting, maybe they say the phrase, take it or mine, my turn, I want. Maybe they express their emotions. And I've seen this too. I'm sad. One of my toddlers last week could have had just this full-blown meltdown. But you know what happened? Something really was upsetting him. And it was with a toy. And, and it was with a toy, but it was also with his brother. And it just was super upsetting him. And, you know, he said he kind of flopped to the floor, had a giant frown on his face. And then he was like, I'm sad. And he told me he was sad. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry you're sad. And you know what happened after that? He moved on. 
because he was able to say what was bothering him and how he felt. He was able to move on without having a full-blown meltdown, and he got validated, and he was able to express his feelings and emotions. Okay, so that's why it's also important. So not only like identifying the emotion, but you being able to express themselves in a productive way instead of a full-blown meltdown, instead of hitting or knocking over their sibling, right? We also want to work on sharing and turn-taking. This is so important for all toddlers. If your toddler has a sibling, And if they're close in age as well, or if they're twins, okay, this is so important. This isn't something they learn in preschool, in kindergarten. Parents, you guys are your children's first and most important teacher. There will never be a teacher as important as you. And turn-taking and sharing is the building blocks to understand more complex ideas like conflict resolution. There's many ways to work on sharing and turn-taking. Those are two of the five key skills I recommend your toddler knows. It doesn't mean they have to do it perfect. It just means that we're exposing them to it. We're modeling. We're practicing. We can practice through games, through activities. We can let them know when they did it. They might naturally have done it and didn't know. We're going to label it. Hey, you just shared. That was super cool. When we do this, when we practice this sharing, turn taking, it helps reduce conflicts over choice and over attention. That is why the advice to do conflict resolution and let your toddler work it out now on their own and wait to do sharing and turn taking until like kindergarten is backwards advice. Okay, so we also want to empower our toddlers. We can give them choices. We can use role-playing and storytelling, showing how to resolve conflict, right? We can teach empathy, how somebody else feels when something happens to them. We can talk about it, right? We want to be able to give our toddlers praise for when they are doing the things we want to see. And we do need to supervise and intervene when it's necessary. We don't want an event to escalate. We don't want a toddler to feel like they're getting bullied. Sibling rivalry is something that can happen with twins. And it was in a study that was done, it was seen by the age of three in a parent survey. And I read somewhere that in the vein of the same misinformation advice that I decided to make this podcast about, I also saw some misadvice that also was saying like turn-taking and sharing contributes to sibling rivalry. And that again is absolutely backwards. No, it does not. It's cooperation. It's the opposite. When you do sharing and turn-taking and you learn that with your toddlers, that is not increasing sibling rivalry. It is helping cooperation and your toddler to work together and build conflict resolution. It's quite the opposite. So sometimes I see these things online and I'm just like, okay, I just have to say something about this. I can't stay quiet because it's it makes me sad that some misinformation like this is just so spread around. 
So we need to have some consistent rules and expectations for our toddlers and then have repair. Safety is always first. So when this happens, we want to make sure that the toddler or sibling that was run into or knocked over is safe. Okay, that's like the most important part. Always safety first. Then that whole stay calm part that is so hard for us. I know, right? We also do want to understand why it happened. Was the toddler who knocked their sibling over, were they just rough playing? Were they trying to get attention? Is it something they saw on TV? Is it, where is it coming from? Is it because they're just testing boundaries, which happens a lot with toddlers? It may be it just seemed fun to them as happening for no reason at all, but they think it's fun. So this is really where we need to set clear boundaries and have consistent consequences. We need to let our toddler know knocking over their sibling is not acceptable. So we do need to step in. We don't stand back and let them work it out. No, we need to step in. We need to let them know it's not acceptable. We need to be consistent in our rules about physical behavior. And we do need to supervise our playtime when possible, especially if we, we take note when this is happening, you know, kind of be like a parent detective. Like every time my twin, my one twin has this push car toy, he rams it into his brother. So what, what should we do? Well, number one, when he rams the, the giant push toy into his brother, it goes bye-bye. It, the, the consequence is it's gone. You no longer get to play with this. If this is a reoccurring issue, we need to completely take this toy away. Is it only happening with this toy? Is it happening with other toys? We kind of need to be a little bit of a parent detective, think about those things, and then, okay, now we need to remove this toy. It's no longer an option because every time it's out, there's something that happens. Sure, you could try to in reintroduce it later, but I would give it a break. Uh, or you might just decide, no, we're just done with this toy. It's up to you. You're the parent. But whatever you decide, you need to be consistent in your consequences or they're going to learn that they can keep doing it. And if you don't intervene at all, they're going to learn they certainly can do whatever they want and that's acceptable in your house. And it's actually up to them to do it and they're actually lacking a parental authority. So we need to set these clear boundaries, okay? We need to remove whatever. They get removed from the environment. They get moved somewhere else. You can do some time in with them. If they are in a calmer state, we can talk about what happened, why we don't do it, right? Which I want to get to in a second. This might be a time where we make sure we have some separate activities going on. It all depends on the why too. Sometimes it's just good for siblings to have their own activities, their own space and their own one-on-one -on -one time with us as parents. And as a parent, you can decide when you do the time in with the toddler that knocked the other toddler down, you can decide how you want to do the apology and the repair. You can decide how you want to do that, how you want to set the boundaries. But just know that you really should be thinking of if it's happened and it's happened again, sit down, 
think about it and and try to say things in the most simplest of ways. Because if we're sitting with a sibling and we're trying to teach them empathy, like, you know, we don't do this. Like, this is an example of what I mean. Hey, you knocked your brother down with a toy car and you hurt him. He didn't like that. He feels sad. If we use too many words, they might miss the point. So we need to make sure it's really clear and concise. We don't run into our brother. We don't knock our brother down, right? We don't do that. When we do that, we can't play there anymore. Maybe the consequences, they get removed, you know, they're removed from the room. We can't play there anymore, or we can't play with that toy anymore, or we have to go to a separate space. I know this is really hard if there's just one parent available, because if there's one parent available, you're going to need to be with the child that's hurt. That is number one priority. You're not going to be able to give attention to the other toddler that did the knocking over. Once that toddler is okay, then that's when you can address what happened. So if you only have one parent, that's just how it is. If you have two parents, you can tag team. One parent sues, the other one does the time in and addresses the behavior that wasn't cool and make it simple, clear, and concise. When we do this, this is the consequence. We don't do that. This is what we can do instead. If you want to play with your brother, this is how we play with him, right? Or if he's in your way, maybe the toddler knocked their sibling over because they were just simply in the way and toddler isn't thinking about, you know, personal space or anything like that and just ran into their sibling, just totally unaware and oblivious. I mean, this happens (laughs) just as anecdotal as part of my teaching time was in middle school. Kids were constantly running into each other, unaware of their bodies, in the hallway all the time. (laughs) And, you know, they are teenagers. So our toddlers are a lot younger than that. And of course, their their awareness of that, they need to learn a replacement behavior. Okay, if you want to get through, you need to say, excuse me. They need a different phrase, something else to do. Instead of plowing over brother, we say, excuse me. Okay, that's where all these teaching moments go. And if we just go, don't do that, how dare you do that, they're not really learning what they can do. And if we're just sending them, like in my timeout episodes, if we're just sending them to timeout, and then they were like, you don't run over your brother, we don't do that, now go say sorry, that's not really teaching them what to do. You're only telling them what they shouldn't do, but you're not actually telling them what they should do. So we. That is the most important part because if they don't ever know what they should do, they're just going to go to what they know and they're going to do the same behavior over and over again. That's why during playtime, during non-stressful times, we need to work on these skills and you can set them up to happen. Maybe you're just walking and you're just like, excuse me. Oh, we say excuse me when we want to get by. I mean, you could even pretend to take the toy car or take the toy push car and then your child is in the way and you tell them oh i need to go around you so i'm going to say excuse me or you know like or let them move out of the way model it right because their kids they're doing things that we don't necessarily do so we kind of have to become kids a little bit to show them or we don't have to do that we could just simply 
say, excuse me, I'm sure you've run into a situation where you've had to get around one of your children. And that would be a time to model it. You know, you don't have to get their toy and pretend and say, excuse me, although you could, or you could role play with other toys. You could do it with toy cars, little people, right? You could, you know, there's multiple ways we can teach it. You are your child's first teacher, but you could also just teach it in natural occurring, like not set up, just like you're walking there in the way. You're going to say, excuse me. And then you wait for them to get out of the way or you go around them. I'll go around you. When they learn these little phrases, they know what to do. But it's like, I think as parents, like we have these expectations, our toddlers know these things and they really, they really, a lot of times they just need to know what the replacement is for it because they are trying to do their best. They want to be part of our family tribe. They don't want to always be in trouble and to be kicked out. I think though, in cases it might feel like that is only because they're getting our attention. So if we're seeing like attention-seeking behavior, like, hey, I know when I run into brother, I'm getting attention, so I'm going to keep doing it. Yes, that is a complex issue, right? If If they're calling out for attention in various ways, like biting or hitting and things like that. And that is there, there is definitely more to attention seeking behavior and how we need to address that as well. But a lot of this stays the same. We still need to be modeling. We still need to be talking about this during play, learning, and we still need to have boundaries and consequences. There needs to be a consequence. We're not just going to let our children battle it out and figure it out on their own. All right, parents, I hope that you found this episode helpful. It has caused you to maybe reflect about a few things, maybe how you can uphold some boundaries and consequences in a loving way and putting safety and communication at the forefront, teaching our toddlers the skills that they don't have, meeting them where they are and always safety first. All right, I hope you enjoy this episode and I will see you in the next one. And that wraps up another episode filled with tools and insights to help your parenting journey have clarity and ease. Remember, every child is unique and so is our experience, especially when there's more than one. Keep celebrating those small victories and learning along the way. I'm Heather, your Twin Mama Guide, and until next time, here's to raising skilled, self-regulated toddlers who listen, learn, and love. Take care and see you soon.